12 Media Days wrapped up its 2019 sessions on Tuesday, and it seems like we've already talked this season to death. But that won't stop us from talking on Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Day two from AT&T Stadium means we heard from the Kansas State Wildcats. New coach Chris Kleiman tells us what he thinks about the program's low expectations for this season, and the players give us some ideas about what's new and what's in store for the team. Later, K-State beat writer Kellis Robinette and I talk about the Wildcats' day in the media spotlight. I remember one of those plays in sophomore year was the, the long touchdown reception at Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, did that moment uh, open eyes, do you think, or change anything for you? Um, I think, yeah, definitely. It was a huge moment for me. Uh, it was kind of surreal in the moment because I can still like remember the play, you know, come across the middle, and Jesse put the ball right on me, and I was just running for my life away from that free safety. And then it was like I crossed the end zone, and I was like, wow, that like just happened. Um, and it was kind of similar because a couple games before that at home with my first career reception went for a 70-yard touchdown. It was kind of the same thing. It was like, I can't believe I just did that. Um, and so, I mean, that was huge for me just to build that confidence to be like, I can play at this level. And I think it was big for a lot of other people to see, like, oh, okay, he actually – he can go out there he can play. If he can do it against guys against Texas, he can do it against anybody. It's, it's a lot of changes, you know. Um, just being a, you know, a three-year starter for Coach Snyder, uh, being in that program, um, doing things differently. Uh, I think it's, it's cool to see, you know, people do things differently here and there. Um, I'm excited. I'm so excited for what's to come, not only this year, but years on when I come back and um, just the way things are changing, developing, and uh, the defense is different. I mean, I love it. It's uh, just more, you know, you're just going to see more. Every I think everybody says, like, I want to see more of this, more of this. You're going to see more. The really key is, like, focusing on the ball. Like, when you're there, you know, everything's going so fast, but if you could just focus that half a second and just get that good punch in or, like, try to find that ball, that makes all the difference. You never know how many you'll get out. Like, as a little kid, when I used to grow up, I used to watch, you know, before I came to college, uh, Tyron Matthews, Honey Badger for, you know, LSU. So I used to watch him. I'm like, man, you know, he's always killing, like, the ball. Like, he always ball hawk. So, you know, that's one of my biggest things when I first came to college. Like, I want to be a ball hawk. See how many balls I can get out. And uh, I feel like I stuck with that since my whole year. You heard from senior wide receiver Dalton Shane from Overland Park, senior defensive tackle Trey Deshaun from Horton, Kansas, and Reggie Walker, a senior defensive end from Ponchatuta, Louisiana. I hope I pronounced that right, Reggie. Kansas State beat writer Kellis Robinette is here. And Kellis, this is my favorite time of Big 12 Media Days. It's over. Ten, ten teams have talked themselves to death and us to death. Uh, ten coaches and about 50 or 60 players. Uh, and now they're in the breakdown mode. So that noise you hear in the background is the, the sound of tables and chairs being taken down. If you, if you hear a hum in, in, in the background, I'm trying to determine if that's the... Is that the electricity from the score, the massive scoreboard, or is uh, is that the air conditioning? It might be both. <laughs> I think that big of a scoreboard needs some type of cooling system, and that might be what we're hearing. It kind of reminds me of like a server, you know, you walk by you here. That would a TV that big need its own server? <laughs> it might. It, it might. M- yeah. It might. I, I don't. I don't know if the the famous AT and T Stadium scoreboard added much to 
the ambiance here because it's it's for, it's great for fans who are watching Cowboys games from the stadium. But if you're sitting on the field like we were, you kind of have to strain your neck a little bit to look up and see what's yeah. on the scoreboard. The amazing thing is, I remember when Kansas State played here in the Cotton Bowl against Arkansas several years ago. I thought that was the biggest screen. I'd ever seen in my life. And maybe it still is, but it doesn't really seem that big as I look at it right now. I've just adjusted to it. Everybody else has them now, you know? The first time you see the screen in this stadium, it, it blows your mind. It just, uh, you've never seen anything. Big. But, but you're right. New stadiums that are being built, like one in Atlanta has a big screen. and um, they're, they've, but, but the trend was set here at, the, at AT&T Stadium. First time ever for Big 12 Media Days here. And so it was the, it was like I said, it was day two, and that meant it was Kansas State Day, and we got to spend time with Chris Kleiman, the new head coach, and uh, up to a half dozen Kansas State players. First of all, let's uh, let's mark the the historical nature of the attendance of of, of Wildcats here. They're very well represented. Yes, I haven't seen as many Wildcats before in a um, at a media day. In fact, I can remember as few as two attending a Big 12 media day. Yeah, um, it was more fun with the six, I would say, plus a coach, so seven people to talk to. Um, but that's that's the new era of Kansas State football. They're more open. They're more willing to talk. They're happy to share some details, not all, but it's a good you know it's a good way to kick things off. They're going to give us, or at least they promise to give us more media access and fan access than ever before. So why not start right here? Okay, so that's that's actually a pretty good place to start talking about differences and what what Chris Kleiman's regime is is uh, how it's different than Bill Snyder. He kept reminding us today, Chris Kleiman, that uh, he's only seen 15 practices and tape of last year's team to to make evaluations. And he, he, he was asked a lot about, you know, what impressions of the team. And, and there, there aren't he just can't form many. Um, but that's one of the to me, one of the interesting things about Media Day is you get questions from people other than those who who talk to the, the, the coaches and the players on a regular basis. So you get media from the footprint, the Big 12 footprint. You get media from uh, from national media, and you kind of see what they're curious about and what they want to know. And um, and to be honest with you, as as cooperative and um, you know as open as Chris Kleiman is, I just I don't think he can be terribly revealing, simply because he just doesn't know a heck of a lot about his team right now. Yeah, he's still in the formative phase of all that. I think he knows that he really likes what he has at quarterback. Um, I I don't know if he'd go so far as to compare. Skylar Thompson to Carson Wentz, but I think he would, you know, say he's got at least the talent to be an Easton Stick. The guy he had at North Dakota State last year who led them to a national championship and is now playing for the San Diego Chargers. Um, it's, it's kind of <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry. They should still be in San Diego. <laughs> Oh, man. We should all be in San Diego. Yeah, they should. if they held this in San Diego next year, that'd be great. <laughs> I was wondering why you're coughing there. Yeah, L.A. Chargers. I'm sorry to the uh, L.A. fans. To the, to the fine, there. fine are, folks. Are there any Chargers fans? Are there enough L.A. Chargers fans to object to? Uh, <laughs> enough to half fill a soccer stadium when for their home <laughs> games. But anyways, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think when uh, Coach Kleiman was brought on, there was some angst from fans and whatnot that – uh, you know, he just – he didn't have – the talent was going to be better here. Things wouldn't exactly translate. There was a lot of worry that he couldn't uh, recruit at this level and everything. 
Uh, but it's, you know, when you talk to these guys, like, Skylar Thompson looks up to Easton Stick, looks up to Carson Wentz. He is, like, trying to, he's literally trying to model himself after two North Dakota State players and hoping he could be where they are. So it's it's interesting to see a guy get promoted from FCS to here and have the players say they want to be as good as they just had. I mean, it's not like that way across the board. There are, you know, defensive ends here and stuff who are better than anyone he probably ever coached at, at North Dakota State. So it's not a complete across the board kind of thing, but there's a lot of mutual respect there, and, and I think you're seeing it. Well, that was one of my curiosities about uh, about him and coming from the level where he came. You know, not only did he win at North Dakota State, he won at the highest level for, for five years. He had four national championships in five years, and that was because almost every game that North Dakota State played, they had the advantage in personnel. You know, their 22 were better than the other team's 22 every single time, you know, just just about. And um, you can recruit to that and you can build that. That's not the case. It's not going to be the case at Kansas State. And that's not how Kansas State has won. Uh, They've they've won by largely recruiting, um, you know, finding finding recruits that others may not have been able to seek and um, and, and develop, developing them into, into top-notch players. And, um, and so, look, um, he's going to be going against Oklahoma and Texas and guys that are just you know, programs that do a great job in recruiting, that win. And it's going to be different for him, uh, just like it is for any coach that comes from a, you know, either a smaller FBS program or the FCS. But I, I guess when I think about Chris Kleiman, the fact that he's – um, he's really stepping up in class when it comes to classification, and maybe until you know they 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 square off against a Big 12 opponent, he may not kind of realize how you know how much of a step up up it is from North Dakota State to Kansas State, even though his teams beat you know Power Five football programs at North Dakota State. Yeah, and, and that's true. I'm sure he thinks, you know, he's got a, a team with more talent now so he can do the same thing. But it's always, it's always different when you only got to gear up for that one game, you know. When they played Kansas State that year uh, and beat them, I guess Craig Bowl was coach, Chris Kleiman was just an assistant. But that was, you know, until they got to the FCF's playoffs, that was their biggest game. That was like their big game on the schedule. They put everything yeah. they had in that, into that one, won it close, and then – you know, kind of coasted for a while and then turn it back up. Same same thing when they uh, they didn't win a national championship the year they won at Iowa, but same deal. They went in and they beat Iowa, and I think they're even ranked. But same deal. They said we're gonna we're gonna prove everybody wrong. What we can do at winning this game. So that'll be one of his many challenges. Um, can can he get his teams consistently up for that kind of task when you have to play teams at that level every single week? And the other thing I'm interested about that he's downplayed and players have downplayed is that um, he's going to lose this year. They're not going undefeated. I, I don't think that's a grand pro- proclamation. You, you, this, just, you didn't walk out on a ledge <laughs> for that one? I don't think they're going uh, 15-0 and and winning the national championship. So they're going to lose. They're probably going to lose more games than he's ever lost as a head coach, at least since he's been at North Dakota State and here. So how, how does he handle that, you know? He's always been picked not only first to win his conference, but first to win the entire championship. And this year he's picked ninth in the Big 12. That's a big change. And I'm, I'm very interested to see if this team is, say, 500 after six games. How do they react? Um, how does he react? Because at North Dakota State, I'm sure whenever they did lose, 
it was such a big deal that he was, it was pretty easy to get everybody's attention. But it, it might, I mean, this year they start out, they got at Mississippi State and at Oklahoma State back-to-back in their first four games. If they're 2-2, two and two, uh, how does everybody respond? You know, that, that, that's something that we, we won't know until it comes. You asked uh, Coach uh, Kleiman about uh, about that and, and put it in just that way. You, you've been picked first nationally. You know, you're throughout your tenure at North Dakota State. And you're, you're picked ninth in the conference this year. And I thought he gave you a decent answer. And he was also asked that when he was at the podium. Let's hear what Chris Kleiman had to say when asked about the ninth place prediction uh, at, at the podium at Big 12 Media Days. I don't take a lot of count into uh, preseason polls. I never have, even at uh, previous school where we were ranked typically first. Uh, I still think it's about attacking on a daily basis and stacking good days upon good days uh, throughout the month of August to get yourself in, in a great position to start your campaign at the end of August. And uh, I, I know our guys are hungry. I, I know that uh, a number of guys, uh, and there's a bunch of them that are returning from last year, felt that they probably left a couple of games out there maybe left a couple of plays out there and and having the hunger that those guys I see in their eyes uh, I look forward to getting started and and, uh, not really worrying about uh, where the rankings are. So, Kellis, uh, um, we just heard from, from Chris Kleiman. He, he, uh, I thought he, he provided the type of answer that you might expect, um, that you know, it, it's, it's about a day-to-day thing, one game at a time. Sort of, He pulled out the cliches. But As he should, the, the right answer for him. I, I don't know what else he could have said yeah. there. But it, you're right, it is going to be a different experience for, for him as, uh, as, as he steps up in, in, in competition. So, I, I guess the intriguing thing for me is like if I were him, I would just play the disrespect card as hard as I could. I would lay into that. I would not ignore it at all. Um, and maybe he's just talking this way, and he and he, and he will in the long run. But it seems like the players have noticed. Um, they, all the players that I talked to about it said they were pretty mad, upset. Skyler Thompson said sarcastically he was surprised they weren't picked tenth. Um, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're. You know, they're going to use this, and I mean, as they should. Every team. It's never helped Kansas. They've been picked last every year and finished last every year. But everybody else, it seems like, has been able to use that disrespect card to their advantage. So you, may, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And listen, Kansas State over the years uh, has always, not always, but often finished ahead of where it was projected. Especially when they're picked low. The, the last two times they've been picked eighth uh, in this format. They finished, I believe, second and fourth in the league. So, so big, a big turnaround there. Okay, we're going to take a short break here and tell you about a new podcast from McClatchy Studios and the Miami Herald about Florida race car driver Randy Lanier's double life as a drug kingpin. The state of mind that racing would put me in was sort of a... I put my own team together and ended up going to Indianapolis 500. It will be quite a feather in Randy Lanier's cap. He is named Rookie of the Year. I had plenty of sponsorship coming right from Columbia. <laughs> By the early 80s, a river of pot was flowing from Columbia to the United States. And it came in by the barge load, thanks to a drug kingpin who was hiding in plain sight. I missed a race because I was bringing a load in. It was 135,000 pounds. How much was that worth? 44 million bucks. <laughs> I'm Amy Driscoll. And I'm Alex Harris. This summer, the Miami Herald and McClatchy Studios take you inside the story of Randy Lanier. Oh, most exciting race I've ever seen. A tale of weed. There was two guys always there. That was the FBI. Speed. Randy Lanier against the wall. 
and the road ahead. Everybody changes. Everything changes. Smoked, coming July 16th on Apple Podcasts and MiamiHerald.com slash smoked. We're back with Callis Robinette, the Kansas State beat writer for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Um, Personnel-wise, Callis, I I think we it's been established that if you want to be good position group-wise, in the first year of a, of a new regime, the line is where you want to be good. And it looks like Kansas State's got some... You know, they've got some talent on the defensive line and and some returning talent on the offensive line. So at least the Wildcats have that going for them. Yeah, they are blessed there, especially on the defensive line. I mean, you can see it today. They brought Reggie Walker and Wyatt Huber, who are going to be anchoring the line at defensive end. They brought Trey Deshaun, who's going to be a four-year starter at defensive tackle. And then they got Joe Davies and Jordan Mitty helping out there, too. So lots and lots of uh, proven players. You know, maybe not the highest-end talent you'll see across the country, but really good. Um, Reggie Walker. Walker went out and said several times today he thought this this line was going to be the best defensive front four in the entire conference. Um, I even gave him and some other guys a chance to back off that a little bit. And they wouldn't buy it. They they want it out there. They want to set that bar high and come after people. So they this this team needs a unit to you know be a, a strong point and and lead. And I, they've they've got the horses there at defensive line. I think they legitimately will be as good there as we've seen since Jordan Willis, who's in the pros now was playing there. Uh, offensive line I'm not quite as confident in because they lose Dalton Reisner and you know Abdul Beecham who's with the Chiefs right now at least as a free agent. So two pretty good players. Um, I think they do have talent. They've got more depth there than probably they do other places. So you feel, you at least feel comfortable there and, and it does suit Chris Kleiman's style. If, if, if he could choose any two positions I think where they would be deep and have some return talent those are probably the two spots. So I bet he's happy about that. When he was asked about it, you know, his offense, he kept talking about the opportunity for playmakers, but I look at their depth chart and their roster and wonder who those playmakers are, and right. uh, those are going to have to reveal themselves, uh, because I don't think we look at the we look at Kansas State and identify playmakers right now. Not, not you know, not a bunch of them. Um, yeah, not, not a ton. Um, I mean, you like what Dalton Schoen has given you the last few years. But he, Absolutely. But, but, and he's a great kid, but he's also been the number three and number four receiver. You know, is he really a number one guy? We'll see. Um, I think he'll catch passes. I think he'll lead K-State in passes. But who's going to step up and be that, you know, game-breaking guy? Is it Wyking Gill? You know, maybe they're high on him, but he was a walk-on last year and until just recently he was promoted up. Um, and I think it's telling that the guy that everybody seems to be really high on is Joshua Youngblood, who's a true freshman who hasn't even played yet. I mean, we've never, I mean, since Tyler Lockett's the only other true freshman I can remember who had any kind of hype on offense as a skilled player. So, um, you know, if if he's the second coming of Tyler Lockett, then great. They're, they're probably set here. Um, if not, you know, they're going to be in the position of playing true freshmen and people that we haven't seen before. So, and then, of course, there's obviously the question of running back. Uh, I mean, they're Nobody knew there. Everybody knew there. Nobody's coming back that we know of. So, yeah, lots of question marks. Okay, so but we, we've gone this far and really haven't gotten into Skylar Thompson, the quarterback. Right. Um, he has started 14 games, appeared in 19, started 14. He's only the. I didn't realize this. Only the second player in in K State history to have 2,000 career passing yards in his first two years, which suggests that Kansas State didn't play young quarterbacks. Uh, right. They developed them and, and played them later. But still, that's. 
He's an established guy. He was only one of two quarterbacks among the 10 schools that visited the media at Big 12 Media Day, so I give him credit for that. So what does Kansas State have with Skylar Thompson, and where does his game need to go? Well, he's the guy that everybody from day one that Chris Kleiman got here has said, you know, like he's the leader. He's He was the first to embrace Coach Kleiman when uh, Courtney Messingham showed up uh, to work the first day. Skyler was waiting in his office. So he, he's pumped. I think last year, I don't know how well he tried to hide it, but I think it really hurt him that no matter how good he seemed to play, the coaching staff kept finding ways for Alex Delton to get on the field and eat in his playing time. And now he's gone. And there's a new coaching staff. And they're giving him a lot more confidence than he's ever had before. And, you know, there's you know there's legitimate optimism in John Holcomb, the backup. People think he could be pretty good. But unlike uh, last, previous years, nobody's talking about him challenging Skyler. I mean, this is everybody. You can even ask John that. And he'll say, you know, it's, it's his team. We're all running behind him. So this is really his first opportunity to be the guy, you know, like the – the guy that everybody looks to, you know you're going to, you know, who's going to lead the offense every single game. So his, you know, I think he stepped up in the leadership department. Now the question is, can he get out in the field, stay healthy for 12 games and lead him on the field? I, I think he can. I think he's got the right mixture of uh, running skills and throwing skills. The only question I kind of have is how does the personnel that K-State have this year mesh into this new offense and everything because it's similar in the fact that they do like to run the ball but at the same time it's really different in how they pass it's a whole bunch of misdirection um i guess the, the good news is that if they pull off the plays they want skyler will be throwing to wide open people if you go back and watch north dakota state when they did throw i mean there was not anyone within 15 <laughs> yards of the people they were throwing to so if, if it works that well skyler thompson will put up monster numbers this year that's how you go 14 and 1 and 15 and 0 uh at North Dakota State. So, all right, Kellis, I look around and I see we are the only table left on the uh, on the field. We're actually sitting at a table on the on about the 10-yard line uh, at at uh, AT&T Stadium. What do we got? About a 20-yard uh, field goal from where from where we're sitting. Uh, the chairs are still here, but they're waiting for us to get the hell out. So, I think we will. Kellis, thanks for stopping by and safe travels back to Manhattan. All right, same to you on the way to Kansas City. Links to Kansas State coverage can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com, the Kansas City Star, Kansas.com, and the Wichita Eagle. Thanks to producers Kathy Liu and Leah Pacera for putting together today's show. It's time to head home from Big 12 Media Days, but stay tuned later this week as we dive into the Missouri Tigers, who met the media, including our Alex Schiffer in Birmingham, Alabama this week at SEC Media Days. This has been Sports BKC, and we'll talk sports in Kansas City again soon. Okay, Kathy, that's one take theater.